Hey, time for you to reach your full potential. Getting into health and fitness, this is what you're missing. Going harder, ain't nothing gonna stop you. Go on a journey with genetics coach Laura Rogers. Yeah, here to take you to the next level. Been in the health and fitness industry since 07. Working with so many athletes. Push it to the limit with world champions, yeah, and some Paralympians. Hey, working from Brisbane to Singapore. We train, we going hard. All out, we keep it raw. Laura Rogers, let's go. In this week's episode of A Real Talk, I can't help but feel that this conversation is maybe 10 years overdue. I get to speak with my former facilities manager, Candice, Candice King. Oh my goodness. What a blast from the past. I've not seen Candice or spoken with Candice for, gosh, six, at least six years. And it honestly doesn't even feel like six years have gone by. Candice is such an incredible addition to the health and fitness industry. Someone who we really just need more of. I can't even tell you how much of a difference it made being in the same environment as Candace when I was becoming a personal trainer, to be able to learn from her, shadow from her. And not to mention, she's just such an inspiration. I mean, she is hashtag fitspo, if if nothing else. Um, But she is so much more than that. Incredibly educated, incredibly knowledgeable. Guys, I really want to keep this conversation going because I think there is so much that we can do to better the health and fitness industry. I think that there is so much more that we can bring to the table when it comes to helping other people. Because ultimately, the people who work in the health and fitness industry should have that as their main objective to help people, to help them reach their health and fitness goals, to help them become a healthier version of themselves, to help them, you know, feel better in their own skin. That's what we should be working towards. And I can't help but feel that we're not all in it for the same reason. And we see some big misalignments when it comes to the professionals working in this industry. So I wanted to get Candice's take on the industry observe what she's observed, hear what she's observed, and just take a moment to thank her for guiding me through this industry. A lot of people, in fact, most people do not make it to two years in the health and fitness industry. There is a huge attrition rate for many, many reasons, and I can't believe that I'm still in it. I owe a lot of that to Candice. I'm incredibly grateful for having her um, in a way as a mentor to guide me and I'm, I'm very inspired by her. So please enjoy and make sure you connect with her on the links provided. This is a blast from the past and a half, isn't it? Crazy, crazy. So crazy. <laughs> I feel like we're so close yet so far. Yeah, you're pretty you're very active on social media. So I feel like I've stayed on track with <laughs> you know, most of what's going on for you these days anyway. Yeah, you're up to date, didn't miss much, just moved country. Just killing it. Trying, trying. You seem like you're really enjoying your work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. You know what, the words of Jess come to me often where she once said the reason why she loved doing PT was because it's like she just gets to train with her best friends every day. And I was like, oh, I love that. But it's something I've really worked a lot on recently is connecting, trying to connect more with my clients and like connect on a deeper level because I think you really help them to transform when you connect with people, when you understand their challenges on a deeper level. And that's something I've tried to be really conscious of working on recently. Please, like for our audience, introduce yourself because I'm not up to speed on like everything that you're doing. I need to catch up. (laughs) 
Yeah, uh, look, we're pretty quiet on the old social media thing. To introduce myself, I'm, I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. Yeah. I'm a dog mum. I'm a twin. Oh, <laughs> yes, uh, tick lots just, of boxes. Yeah, so my... Yeah, <laughs> if there's boxes to tick, so I'll, I'll tick a few, sure. But yeah, yeah, I'm just super excited that you invited me. I'm so glad that Jess and I had an impact on you so yeah. early on in your career. And yeah, you, the ripple effect of that is just awesome. Oh, and there is, there is such a ripple. I really keep going back to how lucky I was to have people like yourself to learn from and shadow off and even observe and be in the same room as because I think if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I definitely wasn't sure. the smartest yeah. person in the room. So that was a good thing, I think, at the time. Yeah, exactly. I, I had a lot to learn and, and still do. So it made such a difference. I think sometimes there's a huge amount of value in knowing that there's a lot that you don't know. And that was oh, a really sure. big thing. That was a huge thing for me. Yeah. Uh, when I finished my set three and four, I really remember having a person in front of me and being like, oh my God, there's a human in front of me. Now what? It's so different. It's not a textbook. They're they're like dynamic and they've not slept and they're stressed and they don't understand. I teach like this and that doesn't make sense. Oh my God. It's such a science and an art. And I think Mm. some people do much better at the science and some people do much better at the art. It's such a balance to have both. How did you get into health and fitness? What was your like step through the the health and fitness industry? Yeah, we were we were pretty lucky. We founded in high school. Our, our mm. school built a gym, and we just really gravitated to that space and started cool. training in the gym for ourselves when we were fourteen. So we already expressed wow. a bit of an interest, and Jess was like really good on leg press when she was like seventeen. Oh my god! <laughs> I remember pressing dumbbells when we were young. And yeah, we really enjoyed wow. the space. I still hated the treadmills then and I still kind of hate them now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel it. Um, yeah, it feels like a pretty natural progression for us. It really wasn't a really hard decision to make or something that we had to labour over or make a really tough decision one way or the other. It actually occurred for us. We had some great teaching staff in high school. We really mm. encouraged Jess and I to go to uni and so we just picked what we liked exercise physiology sounded good um (laughs) in that vein of what we liked and so we picked it up because we're interested I always think if you're learning something that you're interested in it's a much easier process Mm -hmm. than forcing something for all the other reasons people choose things to learn and yeah we were lucky in uni second year health stream was being built when we were in our second year and so yeah I just looked for local jobs in corporate wellness really and then health stream came up being a corporate Mm. arm of the Belgravia Leisure Group and corporate health management yeah they popped us Pop me in first, so I got a sales job, which I really didn't yes. want. I hate sales; I want to be pushy. But Australia's of, of not selling things all the time. Yeah, um, and so I don't want to sell anything. I love fitness and I love helping people, oh. and I want to stay. And so she said, "I can't not have you on the sales team. Like your passion is just going to do the work wow. for us." So that's how that started. And then a couple of months later, when the gym was ready to open and the pre-sales were done, I said, "If you like me and you need more female gym force stuff, you might as well grab a twin." Yeah. Yeah, so Ethan, do you remember Ethan? Oh so yes, yes, yes. Together. Ethan was in sales with me, so it's like he was finishing up at another gym in Barden there just on the right. you know, next yeah. side. So, yeah, it was a really natural progression. It was local, convenient, and it's yeah. probably why Jess probably said she loves PT because she just gets to train with her best friends. We were young yeah. and it was a young demographic and half our family, Jess, me yes. and Ethan, 
we will <laughs> be there all the time. So it always yeah. felt like family to us. And that's probably some of the success in the gym early and how we spent so much time there and created a great culture, especially mm. in those first sort of two years because we were there all the time. It just felt like it was ours. We were really lucky with that first step into the industry. It wasn't a you know, a rent model where there was really this huge challenge of creating clients and poaching mm-hmm. and competition and some of the negativity that could still be around in that time. I think mm-hmm. as the industry is evolving a bit now, we're all finding our own way to get through it. But yeah, we would, yeah. I think we were just really lucky with the time and the, it all just fell into place for us mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. I love that. I really take away like such a good a quote from that, which I think passion is the greatest salesperson because oh. if you truly stand behind something and if you're doing something that serves a person you're not selling anything you're just allowing someone to make the best decision for themselves and what a gift to give somebody to allow them to take care of themselves that's something I think a lot of us are perhaps guilty of not doing or feel challenged to do so I think that's such a beautiful thing and whether that be getting a massage or reading a book by the poolside or doing personal training I think it all comes from the same place which is allowing someone to take care of themselves something that seems to come quite naturally for you at least in the fitness aspect myself as well nutrition fitness those elements of health seem to come quite naturally for me but I wouldn't say that's the case for every aspect of health. And I think we forget that health is multifaceted. Is that something that you feel is potentially projected from other people? It's, I'm in fitness, therefore I've got everything together. I think that's how other people sometimes oh, perceive yeah. me, people, right? People are going to make their own assumptions regardless yeah. of what of you do for a job or whatever. They'll look at you and say, okay, she, it's easy for her. She's not overweight. She knows mm-hmm. stuff whatever she likes it I think in every case it's a conscious decision whether we choose to make one that's aligned with our goals or one that's not aligned with our goals so Mm. in every aspect of your life not just nutrition and training and maybe trying to get some body composition here or a performance goal Mm. achieved I think everyone is making conscious well in order to succeed you're making conscious decisions Uh, I think some people don't take responsibility for the decisions they make they're still making them we're creating a realm of a lack of responsibility or it's not my fault I don't like it but whatever comes up for people and why they're maybe not mm. doing what they think they should be doing or whatever it might be investing in themselves doing the things that their business requires or their work requires or what their family needs all kinds of things mm. I think the the idea that things just come easily to people can be true sometimes it's easier to do things that you're interested in it's easy to do things sure. that align with your values you're not a resentful yes all the time for me to be fair it doesn't always come easily there's times I've been in the gym for and yourself for 15 hours I'm done I don't want to be here anymore and so uh-huh. it's not as easy as people think it is or that we're all just love being around here all the time and we don't we certainly don't get our got our outcomes from the reps other people do we have to do them yeah. and go get them done as well and they might think the motivation coming from teaching and, and making sure we look a certain way to sell a certain product or whatever our services are yeah there's that there too but that can add pressure that doesn't always make it easier so mm. there's lots of elements that I think may or may not be missed from the general population who maybe aren't into the fitness industry or you know so there's always another there's always behind the curtain you know and not everyone is privy to that information or even cares about it <laughs> mm. I think there's so many good points there and I, I really recently have been trying to make a point of 
mentioning and pointing out to people that if I only ever did a workout when I felt like it, I would look very different. Oh yeah. It's not that I, what I focus on is the outcome of the workout in that instance. Okay. So I don't feel super energized. I don't feel hydrated going into this workout. I wouldn't say my energy right now is a 10 out of 10 or maybe not even a seven. I want the outcome. And when I focus on pursuing the outcome, then it's easy to follow the process because I just know if I follow yeah. ABC, I'm going to get mm-hmm. the end result. And maybe today it's not the best workout ever, but it's still a workout. And ultimately, yes, yeah. I'm here from 6 a.m. till 9 p.m. some days and I still make two hours of that exercise. So, yeah. yes, I think the ease comes from the access. I'm already in the environment. And so for sure, I don't have to travel anywhere. Some of my clients to see me and go, wherever they're going is a three hour round trip. So I can definitely appreciate that that is way more challenging than me already being right next to the squat rack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to change my shirt and I'm good to go. Yeah. <laughs> like which earphones, yeah. which playlist. But in there, I still have to fit in nourishing myself and getting those carbohydrates in and getting the protein Running in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Replying to my assistant. Exactly. Like outsourcing, outsource, offload, offload. Everyone hold the fort. I'm just going to work out for two hours. So yeah, I, I think there's danger in putting people on a pedestal and creating that line of separation in your brain between it's easy for them because of X, Y, and Z. And it's hard for me because of A, B, and C. When you put people on a pedestal and you create that separation, you are automatically creating that divide between yourself and those people. And in that instance, you will never ever achieve what it is that they have because in your mind, you've decided they're almost a different breed. They're almost a different species. And yeah, I am proof that you can be busy and be fit. <laughs> lots of people are. Exactly. It's not outrageous. It's not impossible. What I love that you touched on responsibility because I love that word. I think it's something that the mental health sphere is exploring more and more of and creating a greater dialogue on. Australia and Singapore are really different, but there are common denominators everywhere. What things do you see people avoiding taking responsibility for or who are potentially yet to take responsibility for? Everything. She's like, when the fuck do I start? All the stuff, all the things. It it begins with you. I think the biggest thing in our industry, if we try and keep it on track, because that's a big question. There's so many things people don't take responsibility for, but it all comes back to you. And I think that's the hard thing. People don't want to take responsibility for themselves, how they Mm. show up in a room, what their goals are, what they're going to Mm. believe in, what they're not going to believe in, what they don't do, resentful yeses, victim knows all kinds of stuff so Mm. I think at the end of the day if we as an industry and as practitioners can help people realize that there are things that they can take responsibility for and that they will need to take responsibility for in order Mm -hmm. to get those goals just because they might seemingly come easy to somebody else or someone's already in it they know everyone started somewhere we all made a decision at some point (laughs) this is important to me and it matters Mm. and we get to choose that believe it or not that's another responsibility of you know we get to choose what's important there's certain things you don't care about and that yes. you wouldn't even, you don't care about. It just does not matter to you in your world. And we got to choose that. And until you take responsibility for that choice, you have a real lack there and you'll probably have a gap that is really hard to close when it mm. comes to trying to get some goals mm. achieved. And no matter what realm of your world that they're in, business or home or relationships mm-hmm. or whatever. So your personal health is a big part of that. And I just think it's the vessel that we're in. And so that's how you're going to, you're going to experience the world around you through this vessel. 
and through the lens you you create. So if you're going to create a lens that everyone has it easier and it's all very hard for you, that's what you're going to experience because you've decided to experience it that way. And that some people are getting it. I think we're opening up more and more conversation about people's inner dialogue and the intrinsic work that needs to happen in order to be, to, you know, experience the world in some kind of way. Mm. anyway really and we get to be responsible for that lens and that filter and I think a lot of people aren't they just absorb what they can and don't take responsibility for how they come up with that as those those ideas they'll hear something a certain way based on old references and past examples and you know Mm -hmm. stories and all that sort of stuff and I think that really that affects the way people show up and so that's things like depression and anxiety and eating disorders you know, and obesity and all the things that come that we get to experience in a small part of the gym was why people come, oh, I've got to lose some weight. But it's such a superficial reason. <laughs> yeah. There's obviously something big here that's yeah. making you feel a certain yeah. way or you're escaping or avoiding something or rewarding something. It's always mm-hmm. towards pain, yeah, towards mm-hmm. or away from pain, that kind of stuff. So when we look at reward and relief. We go, what are those? We're not necessarily going to be there. I've just got someone coming in through the door. Sorry. Just that's okay. Oh. <laughs> you're fine I didn't think anyone would you there oh. <laughs> sorry you're right you're right uh, you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so for me I think it's the responsibility is a big part of it and if we can help give people bite-sized pieces of information guidance tools resources support a hug a kick up the bum mm. whatever gets them to realize that there are support systems out there and there is a strategy to get to wherever you want to go and we can always make sure that's framed in a way that's actually positive lots of goals mm. that are around are really negative they're punitive or they're because of a certain story that may not be the healthiest way to live your life or a way to mm. be and exist so yeah we want people to thrive right so we yeah. can help guide them the way in all the things that health encompass encompasses then that's huge for us what a great job we have yeah absolutely and it's so interesting i would say that the health sphere has really evolved, especially the fitness side of thing. I think the fitness yeah. element of health is developing a greater appreciation for mental health and emotional health and is really starting to connect the dots between the two, the relationships between people's emotions, between spiritual health, between mental health and people's physical health. I'm seeing yeah. a lot more soft skills from PTs. I'm seeing the, the dialogues. Yeah go from being very like don't eat McDonald's and complain that you're fat as an example, which would maybe be something you would see five years ago. Everyone would just be like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) To now people being like, it's okay to have a shit workout, which is a very different conversation. It's a very Mm -hmm. different approach. It's coming from a very different space. I think contrast to perhaps looking for more ways to, blame people or highlight people's shortcomings or the reasons why they've quote unquote failed. We're looking at shifting the attention to what is it that you can celebrate? What is your win from today in this moment? Because this morning's victory may not be this evening's victory, may not be yesterday's victory, but if you look hard enough, there is always something to celebrate. And I think it's so much more powerful to remind people of how they've done contrast to being like, Oh, that was pretty shit. No one needs help judging themselves. I'm the first person to say that. So sometimes my clients look at me a little perplexed, but that wasn't very good. And it was good for today. Do you know, given you had four hours of sleep and your child is sick, the fact you turned up, I I don't expect my clients to turn up. The fact my clients turn up, I'm like, you made it. They're like, yeah. (laughs) 
yeah, there's a is. lot of variables between there and here and anything yeah. happens. So you're here, that's awesome. Yeah, You could have sure. got stuck in a meeting. Yeah. It could have started storming, which could have delayed you by another half hour. I'm excited when my clients turn up 15 minutes late because it tells me they're really fucking committed. Like they're like, we'll yes. do the best we can <laughs> with 45 minutes. We're going to yes. crush it. Whatever time we have is yes. good time together. Sure. But that's also something I've created this space for. To me, that's a victory. It's and, and that was very different. I have to tell you, I used to get pissed when my clients would be late. I'm like, you don't have nothing so better to do with my though, time. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know, and when you do that, I think in this realm, especially when you allow yourself to evolve, you're able to help the people in front of you evolve so much more. And so this has yeah. been a nice thing to see. Is that something you've noticed for yourself? And what changes would you say you've observed within the health and fitness industry recently as well? I think a huge change that's positive, especially in the last sort of five years or so, mm. maybe a little longer, is that the focus on strength training. I think it's been awesome, especially in the mm. female population, that women are just, they're okay to be in the squat rack. Like the other day yeah. I was in the gym, Monday night, obviously, and all the racks were taken. And <gasps> it happens all the time, but I just really yeah. noticed it. I was like, oh, my God, every squat rack is taken right now. And there was a time wow. that as a PT, you would not have to fight for a squat rack. No one's yeah. in a squat rack. No, exactly. You know, maybe ab circuit area is busy. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Squat, every rack was taken. And I was just like, wow, that is so cool. Frustrating a little bit because I have of some course. things to do and work in the space. But <laughs> I was really, you know, yeah, wow, this is a real culture shift for us. And mm. so many girls, you know, I know it's a bit booty oriented right now, which is okay yes. as long as we're strengthening the rest of the body too. Let's just not yes. focus on. Um, but, <laughs> we don't want to have stick um, arms, right? <laughs> it's just so normal now. Like I remember learning that when I was 14 in the gym and I was so embarrassed yeah. to do it. But my, I was like, I'm not doing oh. this. Clear. I'm going to go to the back corner. <laughs> you know, oh, why am I even learning this? Do we, do we do this? You know, yeah. now it's just wear a scrunch bum yeah. pair of tights and all yes. go for it. The culture is, for better or worse, leaning into that strength realm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's opening up the opportunity to understand movement quality and mm-hmm. how you do things more mm-hmm. as important than just getting it done in the first place. So we have this huge scope, I think, as coaches where and as an industry where we're like, yay, celebrate your win, you got in. Ooh, let's try and do it better than that because there's <laughs> yeah. an element of quality here that you yes. may or may not be actually helping your health and improving it. You could just problems yes yes we don't want that when people are more into this realm of strength then there's opportunities for coaches to really assist in that space because um, a big part of what I think we do and why people have trainers and how we can offer guidance is people aren't more knowing this stuff we went to school for a long time and we did lots of applications and I graduated like a million years ago now and so I'm just like it you don't look you don't know this and chances are your parents didn't know it so you didn't get it taught at home you didn't get it taught in school when right. did you think you were going to figure out how to use your glute? We've got to properly or hinge or push uh, things. So when, when is that what's going to turn up for you? Oh, no one's ever taught you anything. So right. I think that element there is that idea that people think they're just going to make up their own workouts and whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I love that the mm-hmm. industry is moving towards strength because it's giving us more of an opportunity and probably more permission to be yeah relevant yeah. for people whereas you go oh I just do a cardio I'm just going to run and mm-hmm. sit up and some push-ups and I'll be sweet like so much so much more than that um yeah and our real opportunity to be great human physically emotionally all that kind of stuff and role model mm-hmm. that you know for the generations to come where we all just are better I think that's so true I'm, I'm noticing 
in line with what you're saying about the increase in awareness of the importance of strength training and how normal it's becoming, how widely practice is mm. becoming. I think potentially some of that has to do with the presence of social media, where we're seeing people on there who do actually know what they're talking about, which is nice, educating the masses on how yeah. to do things. And so I think also the access to the educational side of things is much greater because you can go to Instagram and if you do a little bit of homework you can find one or two people who do know what they're talking about yeah you know it might might take you a little bit of scrolling but you can find people who are uh experts in their field yes (laughs) are they wearing a booty band for every exercise don't know about that keep scrolling and I think the general IQ when it comes to resistance training hopefully is going up because we can see such great content, such educational content. And people are getting excited to go to the gym and practice that and to try different things and be like, oh, we'll look at this variation of that. And Mm. what's going to happen if I turn my foot like this or grip the bar like that? Yeah. So I I think it's playing a huge role in educating the masses. And, And again, highlighting to people like there's a lot you don't know like I'm forever telling people I don't do my own dentistry because I'm not a fucking dentist go figure <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah. amazing so, not my skill set oh my yeah. gosh didn't study it don't know how the fuck to do that don't know how to like yeah, drill not a hole in my I could get maybe a few things right, but I don't want to trust myself. I just don't. So, you know, <laughs> go to an expert. I like your self-efficacy, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna suggest you give it a crack. Okay. Yeah, there's believing in yourself, and then there's that, and that's just yeah. too far. That's next yeah. level. Yeah. That's delusion. That's beyond yeah. self belief. That's delusion. I'm gonna call it delusion. I'm gonna agree with you. Yeah. Um. So I love that. I definitely echo that, and it's so nice to see that, pe- like, people are wanting to become strong and it's just music to my ears when you know I, I that's great typically most of my my clients are female and they're like I want to get stronger I'm like yes you said the s word <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, like, this yeah which is a lovely cha- change in culture and yes. looking at strength and performance not just aesthetics and getting the smallest waist you can come up with mm-hmm. or as much as inappropriately huge gigantic imbalanced set of glutes is gonna yes. <laughs> affect your body it's great that people care about being strong Great that yes. they don't care that they're not the smallest dress size they can possibly become. Like you're being totally. a bit thicker and stronger and musclier is okay. And I yes. think that, that acceptance of different shapes and sizes is getting there. Yeah. I still caution a bit of body love on the world of you're clearly obese. Like I, I'm glad that you feel like you can accept that, but I'm not sure yes. that's the healthiest. There's always that scope, right, of what we're, yes. what we're encouraging, what we're allowing and what we're accepting of. But also then really understanding that the umbrella here is your health and your wellness. And there are yes. some indicators that we can make sure we stay within in order to create a really healthy population mm. and great health across the country, across the nation, across the world. So I think, you know, we've still got a fair way to go, to be fair. But the fact that we all mm. know what kale and quinoa mm. are and that we know what mm-hmm. hip thrust is and progress, you know. Ends are in Kmart. I'm just like, there's, there's, it's pretty cool that this is where it's going. And mm. hopefully we just get better and better quality through that as far as practitioners, being exercise physiologists or not, like that, that deeper understanding is coming because of all that shared information. As much as it needs a filter and it, we need to be able to get through the Discern. crap and see yes. good quality, good golden nuggets there and those 
elite level coaches that are offering good free content. But again, I think to the general population, that's just a wall of information. If you don't know what you're looking at, you're like, there is nine fridges of yogurt. How am I, are they all the same? And until you try it or until you learn something, you really don't know what you're looking for. So that can be hard in such an industry just being so explosive and just Mm. growing exponentially all the time for lots of different reasons. But that is, it can dilute the quality of what we're getting. All people think they know something because they've seen it mm. but do they really understand how to apply science and understand that you might have figured it out for yourself and that's just worked for you as a 22 year old <laughs> yeah applying that to a three-year-old I'm not sure I don't know yeah. but you know getting there I think slowly as an industry just like anything everything will evolve and grow and I think there's such great points and especially in Australia, I think potentially since early 2000s, maybe 2005, it really exploded. It's so in vogue to be stylish. People are going for coffee dates in fucking yoga pants and drinking their green yeah. juice. It's now a lifestyle, okay? It's embedded in the lifestyle psyche. We're yet to get there in Singapore. We've got a bit of catching up to do. Yeah. With such, yeah, that's okay. You know, that's why I'm here. <laughs> With such rapid expansion, though, we can often develop deficiencies because things don't grow and we don't often think about how we're growing or how to keep up or how to keep people in the loop with various things. And as the research catches up, because obviously it takes time to do research and we think one thing this minute and we think something else the next. What do you see as being some of the deficiencies in the health and fitness industry? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just the dilution of quality information. I think Mm -hmm. the idea, because the industry has so many ways to grow, so obviously you've got Mm -hmm. university qualified practitioners, whether they're coming from a physio background, an exercise physiology background, exercise science background, you have Mm -hmm. those people coming in and then spreading themselves into the fitness industry rather than research or clinical practitioning, that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, Mm. So we've got that, which is cool because we've got some really cool book smart people. Again, Mm. art, art versus science is always a little bit... Who knows? Yeah. Potluck. And then obviously yes. our TAFE qualified students who are working through that avenue to get into the industry. And I think a lot of people, part of that too, so many people have, let's call them a normal job or nine to five or whatever, that's just killing their soul. And so they love their training. And so that is a motivation to come into this space and I'm happy here and I want to do more of that with people. And so you have this motivation to get in from there with no real background knowledge and they're going in, getting the six week to six months training who yes. knows where they're going Quick. yeah and then absorbing everything they can from Brett Contreras to, Tony yes. to you know I'm going to look at all these coaches and I'm like that's great but you don't understand where the science came from that's one thing I, I saw a lady in the gym the other day and she chopped her heels for a deadlift and I was like why not on earth no they see it but they don't know why so why yes. are we doing this the understanding of the principle physics and all this Mm, nope um (laughs) (laughs) so i didn't do this i didn't do that i just went hi and then try and get the feedback and the permission to be able to help and we forget to not everyone wants that help so the deficiency there is a rapid expansion is huge amounts of information sharing Mm -hmm. but then also where do we filter that how do we apply that so that to me is a a misinformation and i also with the growth of this pt's retired we're working really long hours that Mm one-to-one Of business model I, I don't know if it's fading I definitely feel it's a little less I think people are mm-hmm. in our industry being encouraged mm-hmm. to work smarter not harder I don't know about yeah. that with the group training model and the small group gyms and things one workout all day 
Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. It blows my mind that you've got like a scope of 16-year-olds to 60-year-olds that are all doing to do the same workout today. Oh, timed. my um, <laughs> It blows me away. Makes no sense. It's wild. And it because it seems efficient and we're getting more dollars per head or time versus money, I understand maybe the theory behind it, but the execution for me is just so irresponsible. In That's a generalised sort of approach. I understand if you've got a private gym and you're in control of your members on sure. who's when and what groups you're putting together and you're doing it a certain way, but I think the, the grand scale of things where commercial gyms are in building a group training model, private gyms have their own model, and yes, yes. it might be efficient. The fact that they make up seven or eight workouts a week and we're making individual coaches 40 workouts a week. Yeah. You know, yes. like, so, and they're individual for the person. I think Correct. in a rapidly expanding mm-hmm. industry, we're forgetting the personal in personal training. And that's a big mm. part of my philosophy as a coach is keeping the personal in personal training. Who are we dealing with today? Like you yes. said, you can't kick up tired, stress. This happened. I know their life. I, that's a lot for them right now. And we had five by five plans today. We're not doing that. You know what? Yeah, it's not happening. And some breath work. We're going to mobilize your ankles. We're going to do some of the other stuff that we might not have had planned today, but is more appropriate. So Mm. I think that level of appropriateness and consideration for the individual is getting lost. And I Mm. hope we've come around where we still stay, even if it's 50-50. We have some individual stuff and some groups. Because there's there's room. Your boot camp's been around for a long time. It's the same thing, just done in a a bigger scale kind of thing with more weights and more risk. Yeah, faster movement, good time, as quick as you can, as heavy as you can. Yes, um, as many so, burpees and kettlebell swings as you can now. Yeah, and we're not even going to teach you how to hinge. We're just going to let you go and figure it out. The we're just going to hope for the best. So it's sweet, don't stress. <laughs> we got him on it's the books, good. it's sweet. Yeah, it's all fine. <laughs> so we, look, we can joke about it, but there is there's an element to it that. Happens. But there's also some really cool culture with working hard and understanding that your wellness walk on the treadmill is a great start to getting healthy and lean up. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not really necessarily going to be the most metabolically driven activity you could do to get yep. the outcomes that you want. So totally. yeah, I think rapidly growing, we're missing the personal in it. We're 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 starting to dilute the personal mm. approach, and then and but that also goes with maybe the quality of coaches, right? So we've got coaches who are six or six months old, and they go, mm. okay, I'll just make i've seen it or i'm following a crossfit box i'm going to do what they do and i'm just going to put it on these people so there's all these different reasons on why that might be happening so yeah Mm. for me it's the quality the risk probably increases a little bit there but on the other on the flip side we're getting all this lovely complementary information and sharing of you know naturopathy and nutrition and different types of medical sciences and all these mm. different reasons psychology all this allied health is getting there because we can share information better and we're starting to get it we're starting to go we've got mindset in our eight-week challenge like i'm not an eight-week challenge person but yeah cool that you got a mindset seminars in yeah. there that's pretty cool yeah it's so different no, so yeah, I think there's great things and then there's mm. not so great things. And hopefully as coaches we can filter that for the end user. For the person signing up to whatever it is they're signing up for, hopefully they're crossing paths at some stage in their life with someone who actually gives a shit and is willing mm. to give them the hard word on that's not appropriate for you and this is why and why we're gonna do it this way. And if that gets a great outcome then that's awesomely that's reinforced, right? Yeah, absolutely. I certainly see at times the lack of personalization in programming. What tells me that I've done a pretty good job with my clients is when my clients critique the technique of the person next to them who's being trained by someone else. Oh, snap. My job. 
Yeah, yeah. My client knows. Yeah, yeah. I could take you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, why are they standing so wide for a trapper deadlift? I'm like, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Coach, maybe there's a reason to it. We don't know. So yeah, you got to like, walk the line of judging and critiquing <laughs> on something we don't know. Versus, yes. and I used to say the same thing. I'll be so proud of my clients picking other people's. I'm like, yeah. So why is that? incorrect you why doesn't that look appropriate to you and they can yes. fit all their ideas and, and apply their learning and why that might not be a certain way um, and then I always have to remind them remember no one's asking for your help so don't go over and help them don't tell them that their coach is doing it the wrong way don't tell them that I told them <laughs> no one cares what you think because yeah. you're not an authority in the room so I think it's a there's a wonderful learning opportunity there that you can quietly participate in with your with your client but I think, yeah, erring on the side of encouraging judgment and that kind of stuff is that's a hard line to creativity that makes sense because there's one particular person who comes to mind, I won't name them, but I actually really admire them. They're a physiotherapist and they've studied gymnastics and yeah. they've studied Pilates and the Ooh, yeah. the how they blend the three disciplines, including strength training, that's they're cool. a certified PT as well. The way that they blend that yeah. is I find super interesting and super unique to yeah. them. And I see some really creative stuff, which if you understand the nature of the injury that's being addressed in their work, totally makes sense. And they're super creative and and creative and also how they set up certain exercises as well. So they'll substitute a Mm -hmm. box for something else or this for something else. I'm like, how how did you even think about that? I just would not have thought about that, which is cool because when you're in a shared space, you have to sometimes substitute things. Like someone's taking the red box that you want. So you have to use something else. And sometimes you're like, oh my God, what do I use instead? So that's really amazing to see that. But then there's just, that's you know, great that you have access to that. That's cool. Yeah. I I currently only work in the same environment as them maybe twice a week. They used to be my manager. So I used to actually be oh. around them all the time. And that was really cool. Like via osmosis, I just learned so much. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's creativity where you're like, I, I just don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Is Bosu really necessary <laughs> for that? I'm just, I'm not yeah. so sure. What's um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Sector yeah. is hiring. Yeah. Didn't know that. So I think it's really nice where it's such a rewarding feeling when you see that your clients have been educated to a point where they can ask questions about what other people are doing and why. At least or inquire. Like, yeah. Correct. Absolutely. Where yeah. they feel that they can yeah. have that dialogue, where they feel that they know enough or understand enough about something where they can go, oh, but why are they doing that? Or why is it being done like that? Or does that make yeah. sense? Or should their stance be narrow? question, right? Yeah. yeah. And that to me is so always a sign. Correct. It's a sign of a, a client who's really invested in their own journey, I think, when they ask questions. And sometimes people are like, I'm so sorry for all the questions. I'm like, I love questions. It means you give a shit. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. Agree. Um, yeah. So I love that. You know, in... um. Singapore, I think most people do ACE certifications, which is somewhat the equivalent of a certificate three and four in fitness or the other common one, not ACE, NAPT or something of that nature. The name escapes me at the moment. NASM? Mm, I think you got it. I think that's it. I'm not familiar with the curriculum. I personally did certificate three and four in fitness. I had a degree in public health, which gave me a a slightly different understanding of health. And I actually wanted to work in health promotion. That's why I did the degree itself. Yeah. Oopsies, yeah. PT like yeah. 70 years later. You're still, still. it, you're still <laughs> it in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Different pathway. Yeah. How do we develop better quality 
personal trainers and fitness professionals. Obviously, it comes down a lot to education. But again, it's not enough to just have the certificate and just keep the certificate and just say, hey, I'm certified for my life like go me because yeah. we do that I got my set three and set four and what's being done to ensure that I'm up to speed with current findings and evidence-based practice no one's checking on me so a lot of discipline has to come from the individual themselves unless you're something like a, a dietitian in which case you need to have those continued education points or credits what have you every single year to stay accredited same with physiotherapists when it comes to personal trainers where do you see room for improvement in the quality of PT that we develop because every other person's yeah. done a p- six-week PT course, as you said, like that was me. I did that. It took me longer than six yeah. weeks. And that's okay. It's a great place to start. But we yes. have to remember that's a place to start. So I think it's, the responsibility falls in a few parts. I think the teaching the curriculum in the first place needs to be done by yes. people who are more certified than the people learning. I remember facilitating a Cert 3, Cert 4 through AIPT. And mm-hmm. the, initially when they you know, engaged me to do the facilitation, they're like, we want exercise physiologists teaching our personal trainers so there's an element a deeper understanding that you can enlist and you can give to these people if you choose to and it's appropriate for the room that's great love it I'll do that for you so did that and then I think maybe a year or two later I remember someone being a cert three cert four so cert four certified and was teaching at the campus for AIPT I'm like you don't know more than what Uh, you're teaching well not on paper right yes yes we prove that we're getting more than what there's a deeper understanding here so you can actually help someone understand it to a deeper level maybe mm. not necessarily change the curriculum but give that perspective that this is not all there is and there is so much more to learn um, mm. and apply so I think initially there the teaching staff need to be overqualified to teach the, the curriculum I also think depending on where someone is working so once you're and don't get me wrong I think Fitness Australia is when people initially become a personal trainer the immediate thing is to be registered with Fitness Australia. The okay. registration I don't love being a one, two or three level kind of thing based mm-hmm. on how long you've been, not how long you've been. I'd still be a level one and I had 15 years experience. So oh I just, God. it doesn't make sense. So people, if you, so there's a limitation there in the registration mm-hmm. it will help people continue with CECs. Every two years, you've got to get 20 CEC points to maintain your registration. But if you cancel mm-hmm. your registration, start again, you're online again. So for me, right. the value is long there. So mm. um, it should be based on your qualifications and your experience, right? Mm, um, sure. So there's, yeah. that, there's opportunity there that we can increase the quality and, and ensure the quality in the ongoing education as science changes, as protocols change. But also things like understanding a, a TAFE qualified person is not going to read the same journal articles that a university qualified person would. And even though you did your public health, you still have all the skills of being discerning about the information you absorb and then therefore you give and filter through to your clients. So I think the ability to encourage people to access to certain journal articles and things like that needs to be easier, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, therapy, rehab, nutrition, allied health articles. Yes. You know, I think would be wonderful to be accessed Mm -hmm. just because you've qualified and that gives everyone a chance to be up to date so I think that would be a wonderful thing to to do maybe if it worked in with the registration process so we need to make sure that you've you know got a registration with this journal I don't care who makes money as long as we all get better for it than a piece of side and then obviously the individual needs to make sure that they're on top of you know their game so to speak and especially if you choose to specialize in a certain area you may not think any of that I don't do nutrition I outsource that's not for me okay yeah that's your business so there's, there's some elements there and then 
wherever they're going to work, whether it's a commercial gym, a private gym, ideally in a commercial gym if you're on a rent model, which is super obviously popular in Australia. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what it is over there for you. But the responsibility there of saying they only used to hire PTs who were registered and now they don't. You can just, as long as you've got right. first aid, it may or may not be a requirement to work in this building with sure. or without a registration. So there is no continuing education there that is, absolutely, mm. in my opinion, absolutely necessary. So I've been at the gym I'm at now for just over three years and then I was a self-student for nine. So, yeah. you know, it actually yeah. become a thing and that's because the thing, the, the courses that are available as CECs in continuing education credit are that good. So by the time you've done yeah. 15 years of work, you go, I don't need, none of this is of interest <laughs> to me. It's all low-level stuff. Yeah. Where do I go next? Yeah. So you end up privately with coaches who've been in the industry for 20-something years who are creating their own programs and their own teaching week- weekends and workshops and mm. you're learning from other people's experience, not necessarily something that's peer-reviewed, <laughs> created a curriculum yes. around yeah. and it's now a registered program. So I think there's an element there and I know lots of the certifications that I've got now are not recognised at all and that's why I'm not even registered. So I'll spend a couple grand a weekend to hang out with someone for eight hours and learn what they know or what mm. they're willing to teach. There for sure. So, yeah, I think there's a huge amount of responsibility that can be spread across. But at the end of the day, it stops with the individual. If you're not doing a good job and you're not solving problems, go and learn how to solve the problem. Yes. No, I, I totally agree because it's, it's especially the sort of occupation you can't have and have half a foot in. People can tell when you don't give a shit about them. You can't. Lots of people do though. Side hustle. Oh totally. Tell you, how do you not care? I just want to make yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I message some of my clients three times a day. I, I had a lady, I won't name her, a little bit of an emotional moment the other day. And I, I sent yeah. her like a three minute voice note that night. And I sent her a message the day after to say, hope you're feeling better today. Because I can't yeah. not care. That's just mm-hmm. the essence of being able to do a good job as a PT. It's with people. You have to give That's a shit. A and you you can't fake giving a shit about anything, whether it's science, whether it's personal training, whether it's art, whether it's beards. I don't care. I don't know why I said beards. That's so random. But you can't <laughs> fake giving a shit. Like you can yeah. see people's eyes light up when they talk about something Tangible. that you care about. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You can feel it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think the, the health and fitness industry needs more people who give a shit to be more vocal about giving a shit. And it just, it, it shines through. It's, it's so clear. Mm-hmm. I love what you mentioned about registration. I, I don't think that's a thing in Singapore. I've not had to register. I think there are fitness bodies it's, in Singapore. It's not compulsory here either. So I think it is diluting yeah. its way out based on lots yeah. of different things. Yeah. I think what you mentioned about courses is really interesting though, because I do remember in Australia being registered with Fitness Australia and having to do the DC point. credit. Yep. Yes. And looking at some of their courses, I'm like, why the fuck do I want to do a kettlebell course? Yeah. So, well, how yeah a lot of the time be? you just do it because it's there and you might as well yes. get the cert. Yeah. And, then and sometimes really... that's a matter of insurance. So if you yeah, hurt so just, someone yeah. using kettlebells and you don't have a kettlebell cert, there's a big yes. old gap there of your So. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that it's not helpful to learn the correct te- technique for various kettlebell-specific exercises. Yeah. Sure, there's a time and place for that. But it's, yeah. do I get a dumbbell certification? No. Did I get a barbell certification? No, it's a weight. Yeah. The weight is distributed yeah. in a certain way. Figure it the fuck out. Yeah. You're yeah. a PT. You should be able to do that. Everyone's, with the yeah, and everyone's got their own. Yeah, that's it. Everyone's got their own lines on what they're willing to do. Some people just need the certification to feel confident to teach it. You know, other people yes. don't. They go, yeah. well, I've figured yes. it out, so I'll just help you figure out the way I did. 
can may or yes. may not be there. And that again depends on the quality of the coaching in the course. There's, totally. Who's delivering it? What yes. Yeah, so it's very but yeah. I think it's a good point in that I think we need to be able to help fitness professionals become, you know, more educated in things that are going to bring them value as the way that they see themselves as being fitness professionals and in the ways that they want to serve their clients. Do you know? Yeah. So if you've got four different courses to choose from to get 16 points and none of them interest you or excite you or connect with you or connect with your clients, then we have in fact been let down by that, you know, governing body. And so then who yeah. is making the effort to, educate us in different ways or in in more ways how are we continuing to evolve where was the barbell back squat one day workshop of this olympian that we could all attend and get 16 points from if someone who studied a back squat to the like infinite degree i would get so much more value out of that that would excite me more that's something i do with my clients versus something like a trx course or a a kettlebell yeah. course where mm-hmm. I don't personally see much value in that. So I think it's a really good point. And you're so right. Like we had, is it Dmitry Kukov who was in Singapore maybe three years ago and we had the opportunity to see him do his thing. And who's not yeah. going to that artist? Would that have yeah. counted towards anything, even if there was some fitness Australia equivalent in Singapore, but how much value would you take out of that? Yeah, so much. of course. And that's, indi- and that's that individual responsibility of what we're looking at. And, and who's your client? And there'll be an interest for you personally because what you're yes. interested in for your yeah, training and then what you like doing with your clients. I know like I don't, I train myself a certain way and my clients sometimes a different way because they're totally. not the same people. We're not the same vessel. So yeah, I'll use a TRX. Yeah, I use a kettlebell. Yeah, I yes. use a BOSU sometimes, very rarely, but still. And so yes. you pick and choose what the science is. What is it you know, appropriate for your client? Do I need it in this mm. space? Because I can doesn't mean I should. Yeah. You know, and as well, we have to tick boxes for our clients that we might not need to tick for ourselves. So people want variety. They want to have fun. They see somebody else doing it. And there's an opportunity for you to teach them how to do it properly, at least. It's not going to turn up in your program, but if you want to play, then you know, you're an adult, do what you want. we have all these boxes we need to pick as coaches and we give people permission and we can give them a filter of what they're going to take on for themselves and how to be discerning about that information so what are we learning and what are we filtering through to them that's a big part of our responsibility i think i saw this on instagram what do you think don't touch it (laughs) walk away don't do it like that we'll go through it i promise i'll see you monday yeah i'll show you properly (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, and so there's all of that. So it is a multifaceted industry with mm. lots of different expectations, I think, on coaches. Mm. What we used to be able to do, I think, back in the day, it would be crazy to see someone mobilising clients with bands and doing physio exercises mm. on them or rehab-based stuff or mobilising hips and yes, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so now yeah. as PTs or even ex-physios who have probably a deeper understanding mm-hmm. on paper, what we are expected to do is hugely vast compared to what mm. even we're insured. I know I have two insurance policies because they don't cover the same thing. And I certainly would be at risk if I didn't have both. I didn't mm. have both. But I feel safer having them. <laughs> yeah. And that's a big part. Our industry is vast and expanding quickly and the expectations are wild. So if we I'm sure people ask you, give a nutrition plan, tell me what to eat. Yeah. Unless you're certified yeah. in nutrition, you really, or dietetics, you really actually yeah. can't do that. Totally. Um, yes. too, so yeah. some guidance without, so there's so many ways around it. It's a million shades of grey. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And I, I think you're so right in terms of 
what is expected from our scope. I get questions about the thyroid and hormone, like endocrine related things. People are like, can you read this blood yeah. work? I'm like, no, no idea where to start, <laughs> but I can connect yeah. you with the right person. I, I think people yeah. forget that they actually respect you more when you say no to them for the right reasons or where you say, oh, sure. I'm not the right person for this. I genuinely want to help you. So I'm going to help you by connecting you with the right person. We're not endocrinologists. We're not nutritionists. Mm. We're not dieticians. Yeah. So it's not our job. Hi, doggo. <laughs> Sorry. Who's she this? Is. Like that's about the hour, mum. She kind of knows an hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I behaved myself. Now play with me. <laughs> that's so cute. This is baby. Um, She's a two and a half year old. Guys, baby. <laughs> that's such a cute like, face. I don't want to pat you, She's but I can't. Totally- oh, now, now you're like super famous. You're on my screen. I'm going to say this. She's like trying to sniff me. She's, I can sniff you through She does not have her own Instagram account. That's just not who we are. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, no, I think you're so right. I, I think there are too many PTs trying to over deliver and trying to bring value to their clients' lives in ways that they just cannot. And you mm. could actually really hurt people and put people backwards yeah, open up pandora's box and you've got no skills yeah there. yeah and yeah. even it's crazy that i know four people in singapore alone who have disc related issues from doing kettlebell swings and boot camps and that's that's, that's just exercise yes. you're a pt you're you should be able to instruct a girl swing or know when it's appropriate to do that and when it's totally yeah, or not. just look at your clients and go you know what stop just don't <laughs> just take responsibility yeah it all comes back to taking responsibility if yes. is, it, is it in your scope is it not Yes. where's the line you're going yes. to draw and then stick right. to it no you know what? Yes. I don't do that or yes I do and that's yes. on you to take responsibility for you know totally. your insurance to cover it and if you're things. uncertain just don't like just don't go there be like yeah. I'm going to do some research for you I'm going to find a really good physio who can help you with that I'm going to work with them yeah and, and then you actually help yeah. people so I, yeah. I totally echo that. We are almost at time, but I would love to know what it is that you love about the work that you do and how, because oh. you've been doing this for some time and not everyone has a lot of people barely make it to yeah, two years. years think That's insane. <laughs> so you've had such a positive influence on the health and fitness industry, your community, your client base. I know that to be hundred percent accurate. What is it that you love so much about the work that you do? It's just a massive privilege. The trust that we receive, like that our clients entrust us with their spines, their lives, yeah. The, yeah. their ideas, their references, their beliefs. Mm-hmm. We get to influence that for better yeah. or worse. Yeah. Hopefully for me, I'm doing a good job of it. And my right. clients, I'm so lucky. I've probably had a good 50% of my clients for more between four and seven years now. So wow. long time. Wow. and then obviously there's the renewing base of people, but yeah, it's just, it's a real privilege that you get to hang out with people. And to be fair, as an independent business owner, I'm not working yeah. for the gym. So I get to pick my clients, like to hang yeah. out with people I like yeah. and ones that I can influence positively and that replenish my life as well. A lot of hours, a lot of energy with humans. We're not yeah. just running spreadsheets. We should be doing that in admin time. The, the best thing is the impact it has on me as a person. I just believe humans thrive together. And if we can share what we know and enhance each other's lives, the ripple of effect of that is amazing. As soon as yeah. I teach a couple with eight and 10 year old kids how to move, then they teach their kids how to move properly and they get to watch yeah. that. And it's okay to ask for help and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's just a really great environment to be in. And it's got its pros and cons like every other environment has. But it's just a massive privilege to be entrusted with that responsibility to help people really 
take responsibility for themselves, learn how to look after themselves so they can live their, live a life that's replenishing for them in a vessel mm. that, that will, will get them through. I love the word replenishing. I think that's so great. I'm going to drop that into a great, few sentences. Oh, it's yeah. good because it, it's cyclical. Like it indicates that something has Yeah, to it's going to come back. You're giving yeah. out all this energy. You, you want something back. Yeah. it's positive. So, yeah, I always find it's, it's always it's cyclical. We've got to, what you throw out there, you're going to get back. So if you throw in and looking yes. for negativity, that's, all you're going to get so yes. yeah I tend to yeah. find and really look for the value in those relationships and yeah they're wonderfully rewarding and intrinsically and if I do a good enough job money gets in the bank too which is great yeah. obviously yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure but, <laughs> I, I think your wealth increases not just financially but as you said in terms yeah. of energy oh, sure. in as terms of happiness yes as a soul yeah yep, for sure. correct and, and it's it's so nice to to be in a position with where you're able to do that because not everyone can say the same thing. And you would know that, especially if you work with busy corporate people, they feel tied to their desk. And yeah, sometimes you have problems all the time. Yeah. Ah, I pick my clients. I don't have issues with anyone. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. I sometimes get asked by my clients, you know, is there anyone you don't like training? I'm like, I only like my clients. I, you don't have to train anyone I don't like. Why would I work with yeah, people like that? Yeah, training. Yeah. 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 If I don't personally, it doesn't really like work them. if you don't like each other. Correct. <laughs> it's just not gonna yeah. work out. So yeah. um, you absolutely your ripple effect is huge. It's in Singapore. It's alive. It's present. It's in this podcast. It's underpinning what I do. It's the yeah. reason why I realized there was so little I knew, and that I, there's so much to be learned. To yeah, um, it's a never-ending journey of learning and applying and helping. And just doing the best you can with what you Yeah, absolutely. It's it's well overdue, but thank you so much to yourself, not just for this podcast, but for your energy for Absolute pleasure. setting yeah, the example and to Jess. So we'll reconnect with Jess and see if I can get her on as well. But Yeah, you'll find the time. You'll make it happen. Yeah. Thank you so much for this. Pleasure. Your contact details in the show notes. Once it's all put together, I'll let you know once the episode is released. And thank you. This has been super fun. I really yeah. enjoyed this conversation. Great. Blast from past, although I feel pretty upset yeah. what's going on. It's great yeah. to see you. You know, <laughs> you're causing really positive things over there. You've got a great environment there and you're creating great outcomes. So yeah. good for you. And thank you know, you. thanks on behalf of the industry. Hey, keeping oh. it real, making sure people are being looked after. Trying, definitely trying. Yeah. Well, yeah, you are sure. an inspiration, Candice, and love seeing oh. Sadie. Thanks for having the dog come on too. <laughs> trying to tell me that's the hour. Yeah. Boom yeah. <laughs> doesn't need to tell us the dog. Will. No, exactly. <laughs> well, we'll, we should catch up again and get an update on what's going on with you. But thank you so yeah. much for your time and My really pleasure. appreciate the conversations. <laughs> <laughs> The dog's like so right there. Yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> really so. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. Awesome. Well thanks, Chick. Um my pleasure. My pleasure. And just find me an email next time you want to catch up. Yeah. You take care. All we'll right. talk soon. You too. All the best. Ciao lovely. Bye. See ya. Guys, that's it. That's a wrap. That's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Real Talk with your gal pal. That's me, Laura Rogers. Please be sure to leave us a review. Give us your feedback on what else you would like me to talk about. I always want to deliver content on things that excite you and they're going to benefit you in your health and fitness journey. So do give us a review. Before you forget, I know you're busy. I got to run off and record another episode. Do check us out on the other social media platforms listed below as well because you might just like what 
you see or hear there. So, you know, be sure to do that. I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. And again, please leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. It would mean the absolute world to me. Stay healthy and I'll see you in the next one.